This month is being sponsored by Legionnaire Ministries. Legionnaire Ministries is offering Table Talk Magazine for 18 months at the price of 12 months. Find out more in the show. Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion a podcast exploring Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, executive pastor at Redeemer Fellowship. You okay? I'm good. No, you're not. I'm good. You got your shades on. It's too bright. Because I'm cool. No, it's not. I wear my sunglasses because I'm cool. No, no. You know, a lot of people people ask me about these sunglasses. A lot of people, hey, where'd you get those? They'll take them and look at them like, these are nice. No, they don't. Yeah, they do. Who has asked? All the time. Dudes and girls. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. I, I've never seen one person. Yep. It's happened a lot. Okay. I'm not going to. I got him. I tell him I get him at Walmart. All right. Which you can probably tell. Yes. Yeah. You know. No, I, I, yeah, I couldn't tell. Jimmy wears like uh, don't worry about European what, sunglasses. Don't worry about what I wear. <laughs> <laughs> How you feeling? Poor Joe. I'm good. Joe's got a about? headache. I got a headache. A little baby headache. I'm just being yeah, a baby. You are. You, it, well, you know what, though? You should be happy. Ugh. Why? We just whooped up on uh, Steve and Ray Ray. We beat, it, again, it's not like a shocking or anything, but yeah, yeah. you and I beat Steve McCoy yep. and Ray Ray at Canasta yep. while you were on the phone dealing with business, and I have this near-migraine headache. Yeah, you were having a migraine. I uh, I was uh, negotiating a contract. And we whooped them. And we won. It was so funny. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Literally phoned it in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. So we should be happy. I am happy. All right, I am all right. happy. I just can't see. Oh, really? that's so it was. it's it's a good thing we're uh, we're not talking about anything you know important or complicated today. Well, uh, well we are, Joe. Yeah. I, I no, we're it just up. doing a thing. No, we're not just going to do. We're just going to do like Q and A. No, we're not doing Q. That's la- that's later. Uh, what are we uh, doing? Sixteen eighty nine, chapter two, paragraph no, one. So, <laughs> so I'm going to need your A game. Yeah, yeah. Well, my A game is your average person's B game. Ex- so average person C game, yeah, Joe. Average so person C game. It's like an exhibition match. That's is it. what my my. Top performance level is. All right, so we're going to do uh, chapter two, paragraph one of the 1689. Mm-hmm. You want me to read it, or how do you want me to do it? Yeah, why don't you read it? That'd be good. All uh, right, because I know you can't see. And I like to hear you say the hard words. Go ahead. I, I know how to I say I know you things. do. It's going to be great. I know words. Go. All right. The Lord our God is but one only <laughs> living see, there we and go. true God. You struggled on only. <laughs> whose subsistence is in and of himself, infinite in being and perfection, whose essence cannot be comprehended by any but himself, a must, a most mm. pure spirit, invisible, without body, parts, or passions, who only hath immortality, dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto, who is immutable, immense, eternal, incomprehensible, almighty, Every way infinite, most holy, most wise, most free, most absolute, working all things according to the counsel of his own immutable and most righteous will for his own glory, most loving, gracious, merciful, long-suffering, abundant in goodness and truth, forgiving iniquity, transgression, and sin, the rewarder of them that diligently seek him, and withal most just wait, and withal most just and terrible in his judgments, hating all sin, and who will by no means clear the guilty. It is a beautiful oh, yeah. paragraph, despite how despite, some people despite, might read despite it. Despite my yeah, reading. I'm not saying it, you. I'm just oh, saying yeah, some well, people yeah, okay. reading it out loud might not sound as beautiful. Mm, mm-hmm. It is an inspiring paragraph. It is, I mean, 
it is full. And this is the kind of a thing where, honestly, you could spend hours and hours teaching on, you know, every single, um, you know, phrase in this. Oh, yeah. Uh, in, in this paragraph, it's chock full. Now, we don't do that here on the podcast. What we want to do is highlight some of the things in the paragraph and then push you towards an experiential interest in it. Um, yeah. I mean, what it should be doing, Joe, is like as you're reading it, it maybe better than I did. I mean, this 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 chapter really should be moving us to this this joyful and awe-filled worship of right. our God, right? Right. You know, this is not the God of our imagination. This yeah. is not the God that we would invent. This is not the God that we would choose. This is the God who is yeah. um, and has revealed himself in all of these ways. And, you know, anyway, it kicks off with, you know, this monotheistic truth, right? Mm. That the Lord our God is but one, only living and true God. So, I mean, that says quite a bit, right? Not only does it say that we're not polytheists, despite what we're going to read here about our, you know, Trinitarian theology, there is one God. Yeah. And uh, this one God is the only God. He is not one among many. He is not an option. He is the one true living God. Does and, not share his glory with another. No, no. And so when we're talking about this, you know, it sounds elitist to a lot of people today. You know, it sounds very narrow. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, so you guys have figured out the real God. and yeah, But you, all these other gods are, yeah, are oh, fake. So you're not. smarter than everybody else, Jimmy. You've got it all figured out. And that's, that's sort of what we hear from yeah. non-Christians when you start talking about, you know, Orthodox Christianity. But we do not for a minute think that we have figured out God. God has revealed himself to exactly. the world, and we are simply receiving, accepting, embracing his revelation to us. And so really we start there, that we are trusting and receiving what God has said about himself, mm-hmm. not what we would try to come up with on our own. Uh, it also continues, whose subsistence is in and of himself, right? He's, mm. the, his existence and everything is is contained within himself. Right. Uh, there's nothing else that, I guess, would you say adds to it or not just feeds into it, but creates. I'm right. not sure if I'm using it. It's, it's yeah. kind of technical language here, so I'm trying to make sure that I'm not well, saying right. anything uh, unorthodox here. You're right. I mean, that word subsistence is even different from what's in the Westminster Confession of Faith. So we, oh, in, you know, in which way? They use the word person. Gotcha. And so really, you know, this, this word subsistence, you know, they're, they're both words are fine to use, but clearly um, the Reformed Baptists saw what the Westminster Divines put together and they decided to use a different word here, and it's not because they disagree. They actually agree lockstep with one another on this doctrine, but they're being a bit more technical in their language. They're being a bit more specific. We're going to actually link to an article that walks through this issue of persons mm. and subsistences in the show notes, so we're going to want you guys to check that out. But you know, his, 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 whose person, um, his being, is in and of himself. It's not derived from another. Yeah. It's not shared with another. And you know, this, this God... Whose, whose person and being is in and of himself is infinite, right? In his being and yep. perfections. Um, he, is, he is limitless, right? He is, uh, you know, the old catechism, and it's one of the few catechetical responses that I still have in my brain um, from the Baptist catechism and the Westminster Shorter as well, that God is a spirit, infinite and eternal in his being, wisdom, power, holiness, justice, goodness, and truth. Um, you know, his infinitude, Right speaks to the fact that he is everlasting. Yeah, uh, it relates to his immutability and a lot of other doctrines. But you know, in his in his perfection, in his being, he is uh, 
limitless and unchanging, and his essence cannot be comprehended mm -hmm. by any but himself. So this is a God who is self-existent. Yes. Uh, he derives nothing from anyone else. He shares his nature with no one else. Uh, he alone is God, a most pure spirit and invisible. And we, we get this from John 4, 4, right? God is a spirit, and those who worship him in spirit must worship him in spirit and in truth. And then continuing on, without body, parts, or passions. And you kind of touched on it there. We're talking about divine impassibility. Right. I mean, people would look and say, uh, we've had that question before. Well, hold on. What about the, the scripture's language concerning the hand of God or the face of God? Right. Right. That God, you know, turn your face towards me or God has turned his face away from me. Right. Uh, look, may your countenance shine upon me. You know, uh, but what we're, you know, obviously what we're talking there is, is, is not a physical face right right it's, it's an anthropomorphism right yeah so when we say that god is without body parts or passions um there it's really addressing a, a couple of different issues right so god is not like this corporal being right doesn't have a body now it the person of the, the son of god does take on human flesh and he does have a body mm -hmm. but speaking of god he is a spirit so he has no body and all of those you know those descriptors about him having wings or eyes or hands are you know metaphorical they're trying to communicate something about God to us that we can understand because we do have, well, we don't have wings, yeah. but we do have eyes and these things. But when it says parts, what we're talking about here is the doctrine of divine simplicity. We're going to link to some articles on that mm -hmm. for you as well. And when it speaks about that he is without passions, yeah. that's when you, you said impassibility. And that's, that's dealing with the idea of whether or not God has a passions or affections or emotions. Yeah, I so, mean, what was that book? It was uh, God Without Passions. What's the book called? Remember what I'm talking about? With yeah. The, Sam, yeah. Sam Rainer? Sam Renahan. Renahan, whichever Sam Rainer wouldn't write a book on divine impassibility. I don't, know. I don't the, know that he's up to that. Bar. But uh, but yeah, Sam Renahan, Jim's son, uh, wrote that. And then, of course, we've got the Confessing the Impassible God. So we're going to link to those books for you. They're really mm -hmm. good. But when, when we're talking about impassibility, uh, the gist of and we had a conversation with Jim Renahan on this topic yeah. as well. Um, what we're talking about is that God is not a being who suffers change, right? He, he is, he is uh, eternal, he is immutable, he is infinite, and so he doesn't experience change like we do in response to circumstances as if I was happy and now I am angry mm -hmm. uh, because Jimmy made fun of me before we played the game saying that I haven't been playing well, and then I just demonstrated was I, that. Was I, yeah, was I wrong? I think, yeah, you were wrong. In, I your was heart, wrong. in your heart, you were wrong. I was not wrong. You had a wrong heart? I might have had the wrong heart. Yeah, yeah. So, the wrong well, then the joke. What I know, we're, we're probably rehashing some stuff that we talked about before, but I think it's appropriate to discuss here for those that may not have heard that that other episode. So then, how do we answer these when we when we text about people praying, mm -hmm. you know, and God changed His mind, God turned His yeah. wrath. Yeah, and I think that you know, there's there's a couple of ways to think about it. One is that. Um, you know, when God issues a, a proclamation, like Nineveh is going to be judged in short order. Mm -hmm. And so Jonah reluctantly goes, he's forced to go, and he says God's judgment is coming. They repent and God relents. Yeah. Now, did God change his mind as if, you know, I was going to do this, but now I'm going to do something different? Or is that just a natural condition built into every proclamation that I'm going to judge you? The implication is unless you repent and do what is right. And, and and I think the best theologians would say, well, that's always an implied component of the okay. proclamation of judgment. Uh, additionally, 
God wasn't surprised by that. He knew that they would repent. It was mm-hmm. a part of the plan. And so he didn't ultimately change his mind at all. It was just a change in the outcome of what would be because they have repented. It's not as if God didn't know what was going to happen. So I don't think God is, is changing his mind. In fact, Scripture is pretty clear. Like uh, God is not like us that he would change his mind is what it says uh, in the Old Testament. So I, I think it's important for us to say that, that God knows the beginning from the end. He knows what he's going to do before anything is said mm-hmm. or done. And so he's not surprised. But it's, all, but it's not just dealing with changing his mind like that. It also has to do with, you know, you know does, how does God feel? Mm-hmm. You know, emotions is a very modern word. But does he have affections like we do? And the short answer here is that God does not have affections like we do, love, hatred, sorrow, um, but he has perfections, not affections. Mm. So God doesn't experience a change in his being or in his, you know, in his spirit. He doesn't have a, a change in, um, in his uh, state based on what we do because he's eternal. Instead, it's not that God is loving or has love. God is love, right? He is compassion. And so compassion and love and mercy, those are real in God, but they are perfections, not affections, and because affections are aroused and stimulated uh, and work in response to something that's going on uh, in a particular situation. So then how do we, how do we look at texts that talk about uh, God's anger burned? Right. Well, I think that's a way of us talking about the way Scripture talks about God in ways that we can understand. Mm -hmm. So he is a God of wrath. He is a God of vengeance. He is a God of justice, love, mercy, and compassion. He is a God of those things. So we're not saying that he doesn't have love or compassion. We're saying that he doesn't have love and compassion like we do. That's it. He and doesn't, his, and his anger is not, and wrath is not in the same way that we do. His is right. perfected. Yeah, and so I mean, it's like you know, we perfect love, righteousness, holiness. Yeah, right, exactly, exactly. So again, I mean, that is a we're we're not going deep into that right no, now. No, we're really we're just, just kind of skimming. We're just we're just touching on, it, and we're going to link to the to good resources for you guys. But yeah, God is not controlled by his emotions as if he has emotions. Mm. You know, he's not controlled by those affections. Those affections. That, that we could call affections. Those, those qualities of God, those characteristics of God are true, eternal, and stable. He is wrathful and loving. Yeah. He is just and merciful. So then what is the point, and we'll, we'll end on this part and we'll continue on, but I'm talking about for this section here or for this moment. Uh, then I could, I could hear people asking, what's the point in prayer then? If God has already uh, uh, ordained it, he's already proclaimed it, then what's the point of, of prayer? Because um, it's not going to change his mind. Right, right. Well, we don't know the end, and so we're praying for things in accordance with the will of God. That's clearly a scriptural mm-hmm. idea. And when we pray, uh, we're praying for a few things, right? We're praying that God would do what is good and what is right. And he allows us to, be, uh, to play a part in what his plan is when we pray. That's a good thing. Another reason we're praying is because uh, when we pray, uh, we are hopefully most of the time not simply asking for things, yeah. but we are adoring God and seeking God and um, you know relying on God. And, and so when when we pray, we're we are like the Puritans have said. I think Manton said, when we pray, we are preaching to ourselves in God's hearing. Mm. Right? We're um, we're 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 not just saying, hey, um, hey God, I have, I don't know if you've thought of this before, but I'd like you to consider this because maybe maybe it's kind of slipped your attention. Mm-hmm. Um, we're bringing these things to the Lord that are important to us, 
and we're pleading with God for mercy and grace. God is our Heavenly Father who does respond to us with mercy and grace. And when we're praying, what we are oftentimes doing is remembering who God is, yeah. warming ourselves by the fire of of God's revelation, right? We're, we're being stirred up and encouraged by prayer. It's one of the reasons why you know, we say that well, uh, prayer is an encouraging and comforting discipline. It's not just because there is supernatural grace given to us in yeah. the midst of it, but it is because we are remembering our God, this God that we're reading about right here. And in remembering this God and drawing near to that God by faith, um, and in talking to this God with whom we've been, to whom we've been reconciled, there is great comfort in that. There is great joy in that. So I think, and then lastly, I think we pray uh, because God commands us to do it, right? We, we don't have to have everything worked out uh, in, a, in such a clear manner that we can draw a chart that explains everything. Yeah. Um, we pray because God says, I want you to pray. I want you to pray without ceasing. Um, I want you to you know, seek me while you can, while you have the opportunity, because I am a God who hears and I am a God who answers. Whether how that works out, you know, compatibilistically with, you know, our responsibility to pray and God's sovereignty and determining what he's going to do, I don't worry about that. So, Joe, I mean, one of the things I think that you're talking about what's encouraging, right? And what uh, uh, I think one of the things that's encouraging to me and I know you found encouraging is Table Talk Magazine. I love Table Talk Magazine. Table Talk Magazine. It looks good. Yep. And it is good. Like the great content. Christians don't usually do those two things well. No. It can look good, but not be good. Not, yeah, exactly. Or it can be good. But does and look janky. Like, like Banner of Truth. Oh, goodness, don't. They look good. I mean, no, no, they don't <laughs> no, look good. No, they don't look they good. They are good, but their covers are terrible. <laughs> Why are you doing that to them? Don't cover, do that. Banner, Banner. Listen, hey, Banner. Hey, guys. Hey, why don't you look at Table Talk and see what they're doing? <laughs> or go hire Peter Voth. <laughs> just, just listen, just take a page out of Table Talk Magazine because Table Talk Magazine is one of the few, maybe two periodicals that I think every Christian ought to subscribe to. Yeah. Um, devotional content. Content, uh, good articles. I mean, listen, this is the kind of thing that will feed your soul, but it also is a means by which you can stay on track with a regular discipline oh, yeah. of drawing near to God by reading the Word and hearing from you know, you know gifted expositors, teachers, and preachers of the Bible. Mm, I like how you said that. Haven't you written for them? It's, Many that, times. That, that's pretty mm. self-serving right yeah. there. Self, self, uh... Well, I don't want to say, like, you know, we're, they're not all, we're not all equally bright, you know? Oh, okay, okay. You know, yeah, so yeah. like, you know, some of us are, so, are like really good, and uh, then others, you know, they're okay. But at Table Talk, though, it's all top shelf. Yeah, I know, so you're saying that because you're, I was on, because you're on there. Is that what it is? I was. Well, you know, Table Talk, uh, Legionnaire Ministries is, they're sponsoring They're the partnering show. with us. They're partnering with us for the month. I can't, I'm actually surprised they're partnering with us. I'm actually really encouraged by that because it's such a, like, they're so legit. They're How so legit, legit are they? They're too legit to quit. Are they really? Oh, yes. Wow. <laughs> so they're sponsoring the podcast for the month. And so you can head on over to our website, doctrinedevotion.com slash Table Talk, and there you're going to find a link where you can sign up. Uh, and what's great is they're giving you three months free. And if you sign up for a year, you get the 12 months plus an additional three months. So you might get 18 months of Table Talk magazine for the price of 12 months subscription, which is $23. 23 bucks? That's it. The That's promotion yeah, is 15 months for $23. Dollars, which yeah. is the price of our one year subscription. I'm not even joking. Like three. Th- that's that's a really good deal. I don't even give twenty three dollars to Joe every time he preaches. No, 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 no. no, no. no. You, don't, no. you don't give me any money when I preach. No, I, I expect you to pay me. But because uh, yeah, I need some feedback and some coaching, mm-hmm. um, we really, really. Like, you guys know we only bring on sponsors that we're excited about, that we believe in, mm-hmm. and 
uh, Legionnaire and Table Talk is definitely one of them. Uh, please hit up. And this is one way you can, you want to support the podcast? People are like, how do we support the podcast? Why don't you have a Patreon? We don't do the Patreon. No, we don't thing, do Patreon. Right? Uh, we want to, we want to give you guys really good stuff. And so here's something that we can give. If you want to support the podcast, go to doctrineanddevotion.com slash Table Talk, sign up for Table Talk. And that's one of the ways they will know that you listen to the podcast. And one of the ways we're going to know that you're supporting us as well. So, Joe, as we continue on, uh, we've got here who only hath immortality dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto. Yeah. I mean, first of all, you know, God is eternal. He mm-hmm. is the only eternal being. And the, you know, he has immortality. Now, if we are immortal beings, it's because we are made in his image. You know, we derive that immortality from him. Um, but really, like the, the, the picture that I'm struck with here is that God is one who dwells in unapproachable light. Yeah. Right? He is, he is highly exalted, high above us. We, we, we aren't built in such a way that we can just walk into his presence. And it's compounded by the fact that we are sinners and he is holy. It's one of their other reasons that he dwells in this unapproachable light. And so, you know, God is other, right? He's transcendent. He's not like us. And this this modern notion that God is your buddy, he's your pal, you know, he Jesus is a friend. Jesus is my friend. Is that a I thing? have a friend in Jesus. Uh, you know, that, that's that's biblical. You could say that Jesus is he's Jesus is a friend. Jesus of is a friend of mine. Yeah, I don't know. It sounds like Jamaican. Is that no, a Jamaican have, song? Have you not heard this song the video? No. No way. No, Are you I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Are you it. kidding me? It's gonna make my migraine worse. What are you doing? <laughs> now, what is it for? Is it for VBS? It sounds like VBS. No, no, this is like Back in the day, oh, stuff. well, it's back in the day. Back That's in the why. day, I mean, hold on, I'm gonna get this. Okay, well, while you're looking for some song, I definitely don't want to hear uh, uh, by Sunseed. Is this Weird Al? No. It sounds like Weird Al. Sunseed. Oh, I've seen that video. All right. Oh, uh, you know they're. That's it. It's better than Elevation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's better than Hillsong. <laughs> it sounds like some kind of like Japanese cartoon song is what it sounds like. I don't know. So, yeah, I mean, th- this is th- this picture of God that we have is so much bigger. Oh, yeah. So much more glorious than the average popular level concept of God. You know, one of the books that, that I, I really love and would encourage you guys to read is A.W. Pink's The Sovereignty of God. Oh, yes, really good. There, man, he, he confronts the notion of this small, impotent, little God that we tend to promote in your average evangelical church uh, as opposed to the glorious, transcendent, sovereign God that we see in Scripture. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, man, I, I mean, I read this confession, and you follow through the Scriptures that are linked here, and you are struck with the bigness of God. Oh, yeah. As, especially as small, finite, sinful people. And who is unchanging, like it continues, who is immutable, immense, eternal, incomprehensible, almighty, every way infinite, most holy, most wise, most free, most absolute. I mean, again, th- as you're reading through this, it's it's hard not to be filled with joy and awe-inspiring right. worship of yeah. this this majestic and beautiful God that we worship, this powerful God that we worship. Yeah. I mean, this is like, this is like preaching, right? I mean, like, it's like the confession starts preaching at you. It's getting all technical and it's still technical, but then it it just starts dropping this on you. Here's what he is. Here's who he is. Um, You know, most holy, most wise, most free, most absolute. Uh, You know, it is, uh, it is inspiring because it, 
it makes you stop and consider each one of these. Like, so, you know, what does it mean for God to be incomprehensible? And if he is incomprehensible, meaning that we really can't understand him in total, right, that we can't know him, uh, you know, fully or perfectly, but that we can understand parts of him, we can't understand some of him as he has revealed himself. So like that alone is grace, right? Like he is incomprehensible and yet he has told us something about himself. He's incomprehensible, but the fact that we know he's incomprehensible allows us to comprehend something about exactly, him, right? Exactly, exactly. So, I mean, it is it is joyful. It, it makes me smile because it's like, wow, God is this big. He's this great. Um, you know, it, he, he is a God who works all things according to the counsel of his own immutable and most righteous will. Yeah. Like, he is that sovereign. So what is he working according to his will? All things. Yeah. Right? Ephesians, right? There is nothing that is going to happen that will not work according to the counsel of his immutable will. His will is immutable, like his character. He's unchanging. Unch- exactly. His will doesn't change. You know, then, he, he's not He's not going to change his mind and go, okay, um, I'm going to let everybody into heaven. I'm not going to do hell anymore. Or, mm-hmm. oh, you know what? I changed my mind. Everybody's going to go to hell. Forget heaven now. Like God, God's will, his will of decree is sure and certain. And then to what purpose, right? Yeah. Uh, the, the, for his own glory. Yeah. Right? And so all things, all everything that we're talking about points to this glorious God that's that's incomprehensible, that's... Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, Bless you, bless oh, you. God, I'm having such a weird day. Yeah, you are. Goodness. Ooh. You, you feeling okay? Yeah, you need I'm a good. tissue? I'm good. No, I need a pillow. You, you all right? Yeah. You want some water? Yeah, no, I'm going to skip the elders meeting. I'm telling you right now. No, you're not skipping it. You're not skipping the elders meeting. I can't. I can't hang. You're going to the elders meeting. All right. So, yeah, man, everything works together for God's glory. And if we know that that this is his aim in all things, we know that it must be our aim in all things, right? Yes, absolutely. He is, again, right earlier it says that he is um, most holy, most wise, most free, Mm. most absolute. And now it's most loving, most gracious, most merciful, most long suffering. He is abundant in goodness and truth, forgiving iniquity, transgression, and sin. It makes me think of the new hymn we've been singing, uh, by Dustin who lost his mind, Kensru, um, uh, Psalm 149. Was it, is that what it is? Just say that, uh, man, that hymn is great. I love it. Uh, is it Psalm 149? Is that what it is? I don't know. 147? Gosh. It's no, I don't think it's 152. You stop it. Um, all right, 196. Because, like, these these truths about God are they they overwhelm me when when I know that He is when I look at myself and I see my frustrations and my failures, right? Not just my weaknesses and my brokenness, but my rebellion and my sin. And when I know what I deserve. Right, uh, like that, uh, like that song. Oh God, you're always by my side. Yeah. Right, no matter what I've done, God is most loving, gracious, merciful, and long suffering. He abounds in goodness. He forgives. Um, that humbles a man. Mm. Right. That transforms a woman. That that changes our posture so that we are no longer proud and and have a sense of entitlement. Instead, it moves us to a place where we say, well, I don't deserve any of this, and yet God keeps lavishing his mercy upon me. It really does. These truths, if they're received by faith, they change the heart of a person. Yeah, I mean, one of the most, I mean, everything here is beautiful, but this next part to me, this next line is astounding to me. Yeah. The rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Yeah. That to me is beautiful. That to me is is despite our uh our sin, our uh 
our iniquities, that the Spirit of God works in the elect to yeah. draw us near to him and that so that we we want him, that we want to seek him and we search after him and we struggle along that throughout life. But the reward is him himself. Yeah. Right. That that we will stand before our God uh, and that despite our experiences now, we will receive that reward. Yeah. Later. Yeah. And it's guys, this is not works salvation. Some people know, like, wait, 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 if God's going to reward somebody who seeks him it sounds like god's going to give us something you know for what we've done listen the, the this whole concept of seeking god that really is faith right yep. faith seeks right and so when you read in hebrews 11 right verse 6 without faith it is impossible to please him for whoever would draw near to god must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him right so this this whole idea of wow we're going to seek God and then God's going to give us mm -hmm. this desire is going to reward us for what we've done. It's not a payoff. It's not like wow you've earned this. It is no you have believed me, you have sought me, and the reward is you found me. That's it. Here I am, mm. and you can have as much of me mm. as your finite existence can handle. Mm. Especially in you know in the new state, right? We're just going to have this fullness of God. You guys know what it's like when you're on fire or you have a particularly intimate moment with God as you're reading the scripture or praying or he, he, he draws near to you in the midst of your suffering, your affliction, and it's so sweet and you're so blown away and you're like, wow, I, I, this is this is like heaven on earth. But you know like that's short-lived, right? Because you know the next day might yep. be a little cooler. Yep. You, know, you might backslide. Things are going on. Um, but in the eternal state, like we'll get that, you know, a hundredfold. And it'll be it'll be our normal existence. So yeah, man. I mean that that to me is is exciting, but it 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 ends on a harder note. Oh yeah, than that doesn't it? Oh, it does. Uh, and withal, most just and terrible in his judgments, hating all sin, and who will by no means clear the guilty. See, if I was just making up theology, yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't have that in there. No, no, no. I, I probably. Nah. I'd probably not have that. I just it. like I, I think chill. I would probably have the word chill in a lot of my descriptions of God. He's chill. He's if chill. I was, if I was just making stuff up, he take he'll take a pass. You know, um, he'll give you he, a pass. He's easy. Mm. Um, but this is actually um, comforting for the one who believes. Yes, because although God is just and terrible in His judgments, and He hates all sin, and He will by no means clear the guilty, like that is a comfort to us in a couple of ways. One. Uh, God doesn't ignore sin, and he doesn't simply, uh, you know, stop executing judgment. He must do so. Yeah. Now, so how is it then that we are not consumed? It is because of the person and work of Jesus Christ, his mercy and his merits, right? He, God has remained perfectly um, righteous, and he has executed perfect judgment against our sin in the Son, so that God has been both just and the justifier yep. of the one who has faith in Jesus. So this is this is good news for us that God isn't just arbitrarily saying like, oh, okay, I can just forgive some people. Mm -hmm. It's those for whom Christ died because he remains just and, and wrathful for their sin, though pardoning the sinner. But it, it's also encouraging for me because this world is broken and there's a lot of evil and there is... A lot of people, there are a lot of people who get away with horrible, horrible things. And we want justice, right? We want righteousness, um, you know, and sometimes we want vengeance. But what we see here is that God is one who holds people accountable. Oh, yeah. So there will always be justice. Either Jesus will suffer 
the just consequences of sin or we will. It's one or the other. But either way, the justice will be served. So if you really are about justice, then you'll be happy with either. You'll be happy with mm. either one, whether Jesus uh, takes that uh, sentence upon himself for someone or whether uh, they experience it. If, if, if you, you, I think it's a pretty fair thing to say. If you say you're all about justice, but you are really wanting somebody to burn in hell over Jesus suffering hell for them, you don't get it. Mm-mm. You don't get it. You don't want justice. You want vengeance. You want, you want people to suffer. You don't want justice because God has arranged it so that justice is always measured out perfectly. And that's hard for me because there are people that are you know, bad guys that have done really, really horrible things, and I do want them to suffer. But if confronted with the reality, hey, you know what? Uh, that person has come to believe in Jesus. God has caused them to be born again. Um, they're going to be with you in paradise mm-hmm. forever despite all the bad things that they've done. You know, in my mind, I might incorrectly think like, well, they're such worse that sinners than I am, right? But if I am about justice and if I am about the glory of God, then I'll be not just okay with that. I will rejoice yeah. that they have come to believe. That's Amen. the picture of God that we get in this, in this paragraph, this packed paragraph. So, yeah, I mean, like I said, we, we're, we're not skimming through, but we're, we're just, skimming. You know, you know, we're touching on things. Yeah, you know, we Brief look at overview. it. We look at it. Brief overview, but we want you, we want to encourage you to go deeper into this, to really be, uh, studying this, look at the scripture that supports it. Uh, really think yeah. through how does this impact my faith now? What, cause we, we talk about confidence, conviction, conduct. Right. And so what does that, what does this passage kind of speak to that? What, what do we have our confidence in? What should this lead us? How should we feel about God and ourselves in this? And then what is, should this lead us to do? And I think the do part, we've already talked about on the front end. I think this is all about worship. Definitely. And what I'd like to know is I'd like to hear from our listeners, like in this dense paragraph, what is the um, the what what part of this? You know, what phrase? Um, what boy? There's a word I keep I keep losing that I want to use here, but I I can't remember it. Mm. But what what is the statement in this paragraph that stands out to you as being most comforting or most confusing? Like, why don't you share that in social media with the hashtag Doc and Devo, and maybe we can talk about it. That sounds good. Well, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Doc and Devo or on Facebook slash Doctrine and Devotion. You can head on the website, DoctrineDevotion.com. There you can contact us. You can sign up for the email blast or you can go Doctrine and Devotion slash or DoctrineDevotion.com slash Table Talk and sign up for 18 months, 18 months, at least 15. But, but, but they get the three months, but they're only going to they only pay for 12. Exactly. 18, but you're only paying for 12. That's like, is that like 50%? Like you only pay for 50%? It's for July 12? 15 months for twenty. Half of 18 is like 12, right? Is that, is that Half of 18 is 12. Is that the math? No. Oh, never mind then. Oh, goodness. I, I, I don't even know what to say to you anymore. That's but the yeah, headache talking. You know what? Just, yeah, go sign up. Uh, you can also hit up the store, jofostore.com, and grab yourself some gear. Fresh pod every Monday and Thursday. Blog posts on Wednesdays. Video content, you know, sometimes. It happens every once in a while. Later. Later.